Welcome everyone to episode Who Cares of Mork and Mott's Happy Hour. Um, we have me, Mott, and Mork on the phone as always. And today, <laughs> and today is a special day because uh, it is Mother's Day. So we are happy coming. Mother's day. Happy Mother's yeah. Day to everyone. And we have Mama Mott here in the studio. Uh, is that what this is? Yeah, that's whatever it's it is. It's all glorified, I think. Oh, it's a it's a dingy hole. Okay, that's all you. <laughs> well, it's my dingy hole. <laughs> so, ew, ew. Uh, that one sounds like a different dingy hole. <laughs> Yikes! Yikes! So, uh, happy Mother's Day to you. I already wished you one, but I'll wish you one again for everyone to listen. Thanks. Um, I know. I'm so thoughtful. I know. Jeez. Uh, so what? Um, here's a question for you. Um, what is your favorite memory of being a mother? Not, not necessarily to me. It could be to me or Lily. What's your favorite memory? And you can't, or Mike, um, and you can't say giving birth. No, yeah, like that was going to be my favorite. I was just saying. Oh, watching you guys sleep. No, um, let's see. <laughs> not much. Um, that's like a loaded question. I would have needed that question ahead of time. I we don't do that here. We gave up on notes after, like, episode six. <laughs> I don't have one. Hearing you guys laugh would probably be the best. Best, best. Good thing I make myself laugh. Yeah. Well, yeah, I should have clarified. <laughs> when you're laughing at something that's actually funny. And uh, and how does it feel having so many kids? Uh, and uh, two biological ones, and then people like Mike, who's the second son it's officially been, it's yes better than i could have ever hoped for you heard it first on the podcast everyone so they can't dispute it mike is the second son everyone else is after you're a number after number two i i'm the og wow wow i'm just like i'm the Nichols' fourth son and that has been disputed numerous times and corrected thank you for sparing me the trouble of naming favorites yeah well number two is the favorite uh, number two is the number one. Yeah, number two is the number one. Uh, Who's the number two? You. <laughs> oh. I thought, I thought we were saying the number two after me for no. that spot. No, you're number two. I'm number one, uh, you're number two. Uh, a nice a nice stool is what you are, oh, number two. On that note, you want to just, um, just say what we're drinking? Yeah. Um, we're back to discussing what we're drinking. Mike, you're not drinking these, but I know you have something you're drinking. I got some Jenny Light, baby. Ooh, Mike. Aren't they some pounders, too? Yeah, some pounders. Ooh. Uh, I'm, about halfway, I'm about halfway through this first one while you two were talking. I got to pick the beer today. Yep, uh, Mom got to pick uh, the beer, and she went out uh, responsibly in quarantine, everyone. She wears her mask. She even complains about the people doing it wrong, which means she's doing it right, and I applaud her for that. Or I'm just a giant bitch. Or, yeah, or <laughs> that, but I assume... It could assume, be both. It could be both, but I assume you don't do it in front of everyone at the store, which means you aren't a giant bitch. You wait till you get home. No, and I learned my lesson. So you're sensible. I learned my alcohol buying lesson this past week as well. What the hell? That there's no point in spending 15 minutes at 7.15 a.m. picking out your beer only to roll up to the register at 7.30 to find out you can't buy it until 8. It's humbling to be standing <laughs> lurking near the register at 7.59 when they're trying to wave you in saying, oh no, I can't. I got alcohol in here. 
I love it. Um, so did anyone ask if you had a problem? Oh my god! Well, no, because the first time I tried to the first time I tried to go through line, I had to overcompensate, and I had to tell her the whole story that my son was graduating from college, and I was just hoping that this made the day a little better. And then I just left without my beer, sat in the uh, sat in the car, and then went back in, picked out different beer that was better than the first time, and then I had to lurk by the register until someone finally said it's seven fifty nine. Just like put your stuff up slowly. So, yeah, then you really feel like you have a problem. You know what they say: the first step is, or the first stage is denial. So <laughs> here we come. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. So, uh, anywho, um, what we're drinking is Sunday Feels by Dogfish Head, and it's a beer mosa sour. Uh, I've I've had a beer mosa before. I have not. Um, wait, Mike. Yes, you have. You have a sip. You would have sipped it. We, I had it at the. Um, he had it at the hot house. Yeah. Oh. Mike got the beer mosa because none of us wanted to, and Mike's down for gross shit. Always. It wasn't bad though. No, it was it was, it was really this good. Is, this is grapefruit juice. It's, it's basically a brass monkey, but classier. This claims <laughs> this, it was basically a sour, but like deconstructed. This claims <laughs> it was brewed with some kind of grape juice, peaches, blood oranges, lemon oranges, and lime. I'm excited. Well, let's clink to all the mothers. Happy Mother's Day to all of you. Uh, without without you, we wouldn't be here. Thank so, you, I appreciate it. Yeah, this is this is for you, Mama Mike. <laughs> oh, that's good. Mm. I'm not sure I taste all those things it says it has, but um I taste the orange, the peach, I get a little bit of the grape, a little bit of the tannin from the grape, and then that in wines oh, of the boy. world. Because okay. my palate is so goddamn sophisticated. That's my cue. Um, um I'm getting some hints of beer with my Jenny. You getting oh. some tin? Do you have a hint of tin? Uh, a little aluminum today. <laughs> little aluminum, little. It's a little bready. <laughs> a little, uh, a little copper. Because I got some pennies in my mouth. Mm. Ew. It's a good beer. Good choice. Happy podcast, gentlemen. Why, thank you. Thanks for stopping in. <laughs> and I will see you for game night later before my own game night back in this basement. <laughs> it's a long walk down the stairs. If you don't want to finish that, I'll finish it. Because oh, no, right. while you don't have a problem, your son does. Great, thank you. That makes me feel That makes me feel no, like you a can success. Leave it. You can leave it. Give Mike his mic back. Mike's mic. All right, we got this figured out. Okay. Oh, we cracked the code. All right. Oh, there's protein in here. <laughs> Is that why you feel so full after drinking a Jenny Light? <laughs> well, thank you to my. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you to my mom for stopping in. Uh, it is it is a great Mother's Day. Um, and Mike, she is your second mother, so she is. it's always nice. Oh, you need to, I meant to tell you this while we were playing Chell, but you need to text your mom happy Mother's Day on my behalf. Because uh, I, I don't, I don't want to do it because I feel like that's weird, but if you do it, it's okay. All right, I'll let her know. Fantastic. Um, let's, uh, well, now we're into the regular scheduled 
cast. Uh, still, music is still dead, um, as far as we're concerned. Um, however, I did I did listen to Ride It, as I mean you heard me listen to it. I was playing Burnout, great song. And you said, Matt, you got to play it in the car. So once a week I go get fast food, maybe twice a week, depends how I'm feeling. So I bumped it while I was going to McDick's, and you were right. I uh, it do hit different, and I was like feeling it. I was catching a vibe while I was driving, and I was moving, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna swerve my dumb ass off the road. So I played it louder and started vibing more and challenged myself to drive straight. Uh, but yeah, that that's all I have for music. So good recommendation. Find more things like that. Because all you need are catchy vibes right now. Vibes. That's vibe, bro. Chaw. Um, we're on to we're on to sports. Um, so first, because I'm gonna give you a little more time to get your list together. I think um, it's ready. Well, still, just in case you need to check it over one more time, we can discuss I'll MMA. Make, I'll make some last minute adjustments to order, but I think I got there. All right. Word. Um, just real quick, though. Uh, last night was our first first U.S.-based sports in weeks. Um, yeah, last night was UFC. last night was UFC 249. And uh, if you're not watching Korean baseball at 5 a.m., then this was your first sports 1 intake. 1 a.m. Oh, it's 1 a.m. I'd stay up and watch that. Yeah, it's like 1 a.m. Oh, I'm in. Um, but uh, the fights were they were good. Um, the card was in jeopardy due to one of the fighters testing positive, but he was the only fighter wearing a mask everywhere, staying away from everyone. He knew his family had it. He tested positive. He left. He didn't have contact with anyone. Good for him. It was really a best case scenario for the UFC in that, um, you know, someone was responsible for once in their fucking lives. Um, but, uh, the card itself, um, it was long. Uh, I watched it from 7 until I think it wrapped up around 12.45. Uh, I think one prelim fight ended up getting finished and everything else went the distance. And on the main card, uh, I think two fights finished maybe? One or two? Not to say they were bad fights. It was just long. Some of them were exciting. Some of them sucked. Oh well. But yeah, UFC's back, baby. Another another card Wednesday, and then one more on Saturday. Wednesday? Yeah. In everyone's favorite sports city, Jacksonville, Florida. Because, why not? When I'm, sure, I'm sure the people of Jacksonville are definitely taking the players seriously, since it's a superb place to go. Well, the UFC protocols are ridiculous that they have them going through. Like, you don't leave your hotel room, everyone gets a dedicated little warm-up room, but they aren't allowed in the arena before the fight. So, like, once the fight ends, they ship the fighters to the arena, and then they fight and then just leave. Like, it's it's bizarre. And if they speak out against testing, there's a financial penalty for the fighters. So. Yeah, I mean, it's sports. 
Everyone seemed to enjoy themselves fighting last night. Uh, but yeah, that's our only. That's my only sports intake now. Um, Hopefully that will start the wave of sports coming back. It, there's talks for the MLB to come back because it's like quote unquote spring training in the middle of June, and then like the July first start of the season. I'm ready. I'm ready. Give me something, man. Just, Give me something. I mean, UFC is great, and the fact that there's three fights in a week, just, oh, yes, please. But unless these fights start getting finished, I'm going to need some other sports to fill the void. Um, and uh, now we can move on to our next, our big meaty part of the sports segment. Uh, if you all remember, um, lists are back. Lists are back. They were in, and Mike and I even made a list. We were like, Here's a list of top ten lists, and we did it for like two weeks, and then just forgot. So I was standing in the shower today um, with my phone out, because that's what you do in the shower, I guess. And I made a top ten list of favorite athletes, and I'm like, Mike, top ten list of athletes, do it. And he said, okay. Uh, so <laughs> here we are, <laughs> very well prepared. Um, and uh, yeah, let's, so this is our top ten favorite athletes. Uh, who wants currently to? St- yeah, currently playing. Uh, who wants to Not start? Who wants to start? I can start. All right. Uh, my number ten is going to be Razor Bortles, Blake Bortles. Wow. Just because I've been an avid listener of part of my take, and Blake is a super fun, fucking funny guy. And he's completely embraced his baldness and backup role on the Rams. Good for him. I know one day he'll return to his glory. He has to. That's a man that, um, he's a glor- he's, he's just glorious. That's the only way to describe him, is glorious. Um, is that all you have regarding balding ba- backup Blake Bortles? That's all I got. Uh, well, I, I didn't realize we were just doing current um but my number 10 um is uh you because uh i did um that's why i said collegiate athletes i didn't know if you'd pick up on it when i when i was texting mike earlier i was like you can do your favorite athletes or collegiate if like there's a good athlete uh yeah mike Mike, you are you you are my favorite collegiate baseball player. Um, I witnessed your only home run in uh, high school. Uh, even though the wind was howling and you completely attributed it to the wind, uh, and I did. My coach did. That's right. He said. He said in a quote in the post game, "Hey, Craig, that's a nice hit, but without the wind, it's probably just a double." Also, I watched your a uh, few collegiate games while you were um, in Rochester, and uh, those were bangers, as you recall from my Snapchat story. Literally every at bat, I said something about it. Uh, he drew a walk, drew a walk, best eyes in the league, <laughs> hit a double, high, highest, uh, highest batting average in the league. Uh, so yeah, number 10 is, uh, my co-host, Mike. Wow, I appreciate it. Who's your number 9? Um, I'm gonna go with Sequoia Green. 
Gotta respect a workhorse like Saquads. He's he's carrying the Giants' future in his upper leg. Yes. Um. All right. My number nine is uh, also football. Uh, Julian Edelman. Um. Yeah, I know. But uh, I I like him because he's he's feisty to say the least. Um, yeah, it's kind of why I like him. Not going to lie. I have no shame in admitting that. Um, but, like, it just seems like every interview, he's just this bro hanging out. And I also liked when he and uh, Danny Amendola would just go do shit. Like, in, when they were in Mexico City, just hanging out. I was like, that's neat. Uh, I just think he'd be a fun guy to be around. He seems like the ultimate frat bro in the NFL. Yes. That's the kind of energy that every NFL team needs one of. Yeah. Only one, though. Not anymore. Just one. Um, yeah, so that's, that's nice. That's right, when we were listening to the Pardon My Take podcast and they were awarding Best Blake. <laughs> the Blake of the Year competition where they, they give them one week where they could call it any time the fastest Blake between Blake Boros, Blake Griffin, and Blake Tefka pick up the phone there, the Blake of the Year. And Blake Griffin won last year. Yeah, we listened to that on the way back from camp. Yeah. That was a fun one. Um, my number eight is, uh, Jeff McNeil. Um, uh, yes, the flying squirrel. Uh, I have the Patriots flying squirrel. Actually, no, I think he's just a squirrel. And then I have the Mets flying squirrel. Um, because I've never seen a man with such baseball passion to when, as soon as he makes contact with the ball and it doesn't go where he wants, he just goes, fuck, and then throws his, uh, bat which isn't a standard bat. It's like that tapered off bat, which yeah, I think. Bat. No, no, no. He has a weird hand. He has a weird knob. Yeah. yeah. I don't. He doesn't have a knob on it. I don't think. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um. It just tapers out to a fat hand, and he chokes up on it. Which I think is cool. Um. But yeah, it's uh that kind of energy and uh his his brotherhood with Polar Bear Pete, uh it it's fun. I I like Jeff McNeil. I'm a fan of his. Good guy. Good guy. I like that pick. I like that pick. Um, do I have seven? 
Yeah. I'm number seven. God, he deserves to be top five. Yeah, he's not even on the team that I'm a fan of, so. He's just a nice guy. He's just a good guy. Good man. Looks <laughs> good shorts. And he's leading the entire city of Buffalo to hopefully play off one. They'd elect him there. If he ran. Um, he's never going to have to buy anything in public ever again. In Buffalo, no. As long as he wasn't Buffalo, yeah. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, yeah. Just something chill, dude. I like him. Nice yeah. guy. Uh, my number seven is Vlad Jr. That ass. Um, yes, number one, because he has an ass that could save the world. Uh, All that ass. And, and um, he also looks like he's five. Like, if you look at his face, he just looks like a chubby five-year-old. And then he gets up to the plate, and you're like, what's that five-year-old doing at the plate with the giant ass? And then he uncorks a 450-foot dong into left field, and you're like, that's not a five-year-old. Uh, and watching him leg out, like, a double or something is nothing short of a miracle. That's a lot. That's a dense man moving. He's a dense, dense boy. He goes in water, he sinks. And his name is uh, Vlad. Which I think is hilarious for him. Well, Vlad Jr. Well, yeah. Put some, put some respect on his dad's name. Baby Vladdy. Uh, so, yeah, my number seven is Vlad Jr. Um, my number six is Glaber Torres. Yeah. That's a that's a good ball player. That's a good, that's a good shortstop for the New York Yankees right there. And he's like 18. Fresh out the womb. Um, he, will, he will win an MVP in the next three years. You have my guarantee. Does that have the Mork stamp of approval? Yeah. We can all hold you to it. Yeah. Sick. Um, my number six is Captain Jack Eichel. Because um, very, very few players come out of the NHL draft ready for the NHL. But when you're the struggling Buffalo Sabres every season, you pray to God that your first round pick is going to be ready for the NHL. And uh, he, uh, Captain Jack, embraced it, and he's a captain. And after humiliating people at, was he at, he was at BU. He wasn't at Boston College. He was at BU. Uh, he um, undressed and outsped everyone. He's a quality quality hockey player, and he is, he will be on the Sabres for, I, th I think he's on there for like another six seasons under contract. His rookie contract expired, and they signed him to like an eight-year extension. <laughs> nice. Because it's the Sabres, they have a shitload of cap space. Building for the future. Yeah, that's what they do every season. So, okay, what are we at, number five? we're in our top five. So I used, to, I used to hate this kid back when he came into SU to play some basketball for his dad. <laughs> but he has completely grown on me. He's an absolute fucking stud now. Carmelo uh, Anthony. Buddy Bayheim. Uh, I, uh, I too hated him for no reason. Absolutely no reason. He's a coach's kid and you're like, wow, he sucks. Yeah, I realize he's a fucking freshman. All right, dick. 
get off, and get off the court. He finally grew into himself. He's a solid player now. I expect a lot in the next two years. Owned that three ball last season. Just slap some. Just slap some. Um, I still, I still hate Joe uh, Gerard. Oh my god, that man and Dustin were just posted for the first time in a while. <gasps> Shit, I gotta look at that after this. That man at Dust. Oh, I forgot you were following him. <laughs> yeah. From Kumasi. If you do not stay six feet apart, I'll put you six feet in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> It's that man at that store. Yep, that's where he's from. He's from Kumasi. <laughs> the the backstory behind that picture is hilarious. Oh, I'll tell you later. Just just remind me. Um, I'll probably remember after this. Uh, but uh, my number five comes from the fighting world. Um. And my number five is the MMA superstar, well, former superstar, he's still pretty good, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Because, uh, he's... Steve. <laughs> he's a wholesome guy, um, and, like, he's always super friendly in, like, interviews and to his opponents. And even when he's, like, talking shit, he's like, I'm just gonna punch his face in, but that's okay, because we'll have fun doing it. And I'm like, what? Okay, go you, man. Um, also his dad is one of his corner coaches and there have been two stories of dads being corner coaches. There's Sage Northcutt, who was a former like model for American Eagle or something. And his dad like wouldn't let him finish guys on the ground. So he'd always have to finish them standing up and he would just lose. Like he wasn't very good. And then there's Wonder Boy's dad that's like, Go win that fight, and you do it your way. And Wonder Boy's like, okay, Dad, I'll see you soon. I'll see, I'll see you after five minutes. Um, but yeah, he's a fun fighter, fun guy. Not like Kawhi Leonard fun guy, but still a fun guy. He shouldn't be on anyone's list. Uncle, Uncle Dennis. Um, my number four is also from the fighting world, but not MMA. Can you guess it? Uh, is it, um, is it Canelo? Nope. Oh, fighting world. Uh, G. Vasily Lomachenko. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, almost fucking disgusting. I could have... you know anything about boxing? I could have sworn you were a Canelo fan. No, I hate Canelo. Mm-hmm. I thought Triple G and the Canelo Triple G fight. Damn, I knew it was one of the two, and I guessed wrong. Fiddlesticks. But I, it wasn't like I was a Triple G fan. I was just betting to bet. Yeah, why not? I bet wrong. Wrong! But Loma's super fun to watch. His footwork's fucking disgusting. And his mentality is, like, gross. Like, so- he has, like... Um, the, uh, Henry Cejudo last night after he beat Dominic Cruz to retain the belt retired. And I, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and he might, like, go into boxing. 
That's what they were saying he could do. He already won an he won an Olympic gold medal. He's won two weight division titles in the UFC, and he's like, I'm not making enough money, so I'm gonna retire. And it's like, I don't think that's how retirement works. Imagine if you or I went into a job, didn't get the pay we wanted, and we were like, I'm just gonna retire because I'm not getting the pay I want, so I'd rather take no pay. But well, he's doing the boxing. He's not really retiring. It's just well, no. Professions. Well, right, but when they describe it, they're like, he's retiring because he doesn't, he's not getting the pay he wants, and he doesn't know what he's going to do. He could go into something else. It's like, but what if he doesn't? Like, he, they said he might train for the Olympics, he might go into boxing. The Olympic, the Olympic athletes make jack shit. How would that be more money? I don't know, so he could win another... He's probably just, he's probably just sick of the brutality of fucking MMA. He's 33, and he yeah. destroys everyone he fights. I think he's the one that beat Mighty Mouse for the belt. On his, like, 40-something fight win streak. So Hudo walks in, he's like, I want that, please. And then won it. I can't fact check, so someone will listen to this and go, Meg, you're wrong! And I'll say, I don't care. But, whatever. Did you just do number four? What are we on? Yeah. Okay. My number four is Josh Fucks Allen, a.k.a. Josh Looks Good in Shorts Allen, a.k.a. Josh the King of Buffalo Allen, a.k.a. Josh Allen, the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I love him. He's just a guy. He's literally just a guy who's playing on a on a fun team. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? He's not, he's not a guy. He's, he's the guy. He's the guy. Uh, and we were talking about... Um, yesterday when I said that Deshaun Watson had visited the Bills and you said that uh, he'd be a starting role and then I interrupted you before you could finish but uh, that if Deshaun Watson took the starting job from Josh Allen the city of Buffalo wouldn't exist anymore yeah I, I was saying to that I said if they signed Deshaun Deshaun would be the starting quarterback he's obviously better than Josh they would dump the grease from the buffalo wing things, like the buffalo wing, uh, the fry. They dump the grease from the fryer all over uh, New Era Field, ignite it, and then uh, burn an effigy of Deshaun Watson, and in its ashes raise a statue of Josh Allen for their one true king. I could see this. I could see the Bills Mafia doing that. Did I tell you what they did when they played the Jets? No. My dad was. Uh, he went to the Bills Jets game uh, in Buffalo. It was one of one of the games he got to go to, because uh, now he splits his tickets. But um, he sent me a picture, as he does with no like prior context. And it is the picture of the front of an airplane in a parking lot and people beating it with sledgehammers. Because they hate the Jets. So, yes, my theory of them burning a Deshaun Watson effigy and raising a bronze statue of Josh Allen filled with buffalo wings is the most logical thing I've ever said. And then put that entire statue through a giant table. Yes, they would get everyone in the Bills Mafia to hoist it uh, to the top of... They'd probably do it at uh, Key Bank Center because, well, New Era Field's been burned to the ground. 
So I go to the top of the Sabres arena and throw it through a bunch of tables that spell out, we heart you, Josh. <laughs> but they drop it uh, standing up, so that way it's fallen, it's crushed the tables, and here lies their one true leader, Josh Bucks Allen. And every year at the start of the football season, because the Bills exist no longer due to the city of Buffalo raising it, somebody spray paints shorts onto that bronze statue to remind them it may be the start of football season. We don't have a team, but remember how. But remember how good he looked. And then Josh Allen. Be, then Josh Allen becomes mayor and restores Buffalo to its glory. Yes, that's exactly it. He'd come out of the statue reborn. Wow. Yep, that's my theory. Yeah, all right, we're in the top three. Who's your number three? Okay, so number three. Uh, Joe Burrow. Oh. Yeah. Just because he smoked uh, a stogie? Yeah, and he's another, and he was on um, part of my take after both winning the Heisman and winning the national championship. And through the international championship, he was so fucking hungover. And he's just... He doesn't, like, bullshit anything. Like, you know, like, at least with those interviews, like, like, they ask me, like, you know, how much fun was last night? And he's like, dude, it was fucking nuts. I remember, like, five minutes. <laughs> and he, like, slept through, like, kind of different interviews that morning and stuff. He should have done, like, the news and stuff, but whatever. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. He's, him and, uh, Tocho are just a dynamic duo. Just guys being dudes. I mean, just guys being dudes, just chilling in fucking Louisiana. And I'm, I'm excited to see what I'm doing since he, I mean, he doesn't have a lot around him, but... He's not going to win a lot of games. No, but... But I'm excited to see where it will end up. I'll, I'll, I'll like to see where you go. Uh, oh, yeah, God. but the Giants probably being terrible for the foreseeable future. It's, at least just have a couple quarterbacks around the league you can kind of just root for. Just for them. A nice, uh, you could just become a Bungles fan. Nope. All right. Just saying. It's a possibility. I'll, I'll, I'll still take the two Super Bowls on my life. I don't, don't give a Oh, All right. Now I, I opened my second beer. I told you that uh, beers now hit different for me. I think it's part of it's graduating. I don't know if it's like a mental thing where like when you're in classes, you're just like, man, I got to. I gotta drink a lot, so you make yourself think you're sober, and then you just keep hammering, and then it is what it is, and now that I have nothing to do, I'm just like, I have nothing else to put my mind on, and I'm just like, shit, I think I'm drunk, after like, a beer and a half. Well, what I've noticed is, when you're drinking in, like, at home, in a quiet setting, you notice the buzz a lot more than if, say, you were out. Like those people walking through the bar pointing in the air that are eight people in a line and you go, what the hell are they doing? kid that's a marionette doll in his friend's hand <laughs> and you just look at him and you go wow and then he 
and then he comes to for a brief that's five. A perfect, that's a perfect. That's a perfect example. Before I was a marionette doll, I had no clue I was that hammered. But if I was just at home and I like got to go take a piss, you're like, whoa, I'm a little fucked up. Yep. When when you were the marionette doll and you came back to for I don't know five to ten seconds of life, you just go, I gotta take a piss. And then there you went, off into the distance. Nobody could stop you, and you could walk on your own power again. <laughs> it it is what we in, it is what we in the business call a modern day miracle. <laughs> I'm well trained. I'm well trained. He, he's risen. He has his second win. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't my first time. <laughs> and then I saw you come cooking back, and then he was a marionette doll again. It was like a cue. <laughs> Probably. He was pretty sober. He's like, I'm going to roofie him, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of him, I guess. He just had a little chloroform on his wrist, so he could come along and just wave in front of my face so I could go bug my face. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> Terrible. Um, yeah. Alright, into the top three. Who's your number three? Why just had two or three? Oh, shit, you did. Oh, my three is Tom Brady. My only number three. Yep. I uh, know who number one is. You probably know who number one is. Um, but you can't say it. You can't spoil it. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, I, bet, I bet you don't know my number one. There's n- uh Oh, I definitely do. We'll see. Um, it's either number one or number two. But uh, I have idolized Tom Brady ever since he beat the Panthers in the Super Bowl. And while I was a very young lad, I was a strapping young lad all those years ago, and I was raised in a Bills household, watching him do that, I was just like, that's super cool. And when Tom Brady grew his hair out, I grew my hair out. And then I was a Patriots fan. And yes, I'm still a Patriots fan, even though he went to the Yucks. If the if the Pats and the Yucks go to the Super Bowl, with the Pats having Jarrett Stidham leading the charge, I will still root for the Pats over my childhood hero, Tom Brady. Quote me on it. I have already... Good. Yeah, we already discussed that previously. Good. Just put just put it up on like a poster on a fence. It's like Matt said this. I'd be like, what? I'll just write it on the sidewalk outside. <laughs> Chalk. For everyone that cares. <laughs> Alright, who's your number two? Uh a New York Yankee. Yankees, Jesus. Yankees <laughs> legends. Fresh Gardner. Yeah, I know who number one is. If he had hair, he wouldn't have the same effect. No, he, like, had, he has to be bald and baby. If, if he was a grumpy little hairy man, it wouldn't be nearly as funny to watch him rage and take out all his anger on the dugout. Starting with the bat rack, and then it progresses to the roof of the dugout, and I just love it. You just gotta let him bang. I love, I love the passion, I love the leadership. 
He's the longest tenured Yankee on the roster still. How long has he been a Yankee? Uh, only looked about, but I think, 12 years now. What? Damn. He came in as like a just pure speed guy. Like super young. He's has he been on the Yankees since he entered the league? Yeah, from two yeah, from two thousand eighteen to two thousand nineteen. So this will be his twelfth season. Damn. Yep. But he came up through their system. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they if we drafted him, but he made his debut with the Yankees. Huh. Wait, so he's been he's been on the Yankee the major league Yankees roster. From two thousand eight. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. I honestly had no idea. If you would have asked me, I would have guessed five years. I mean, he's he was just overshadowed before. I mean by like by like the whole World Series team when we had fucking A Rod Peter so and Mark Teixeira, like I heard Yankees be like, Yeah, yeah, Brett Gardner. Yeah, I'm not a diehard Yankees fan. You slept on him. Yeah, I, as you can see, I slept on him. Um, my number two is my favorite Sabres player, Rasmus Dahlin. He is 19 years old. 19? Or did he just turn 20? I have no idea. Uh, it's one of the two shit. Uh, my... Grandma sends me newspaper cutouts whenever he's mentioned in the Buffalo News. Um, he is this quiet, quiet Swedish boy. And everyone, like, if you, I think I listened to a few player interviews, and they're like, he does the best work on the ice, but he is so quiet and awkward off the ice that we just don't talk to him. Those are my favorite when players. Like, he, uh, he they was... Just like, they just, like, morph into, like, a non-awkward, just beast when they play sports. And then as soon as they step out of, like, their, their game mode, they're just like, nah. He was on track to break the record for most points by a defenseman before they're 20. Set previously by, I want to say it was Phil Housley. Who was a Sabres coach. And he was only interested by Corona. Yep, that is literally it. That is what essentially stopped him from breaking it. He was on track, so if he did it, I I don't know. I mean, it's just projected, like, in his current yeah. trend, he would have broken it. But he is absolutely absurd. And another great Sabres draft pick in an early, early first-round pick. NHL ready, here he comes. Played on the team when he was fucking 19 and almost broke a record. Go Sabres. Go Sabres. Next season's their season, I'm telling you. Is that a guarantee? That's a guarantee. You know what? You know what? Next season, no. Quote me on the next season, they're making the postseason. That means that means it's their season. Okay. All right. Number one. My number one is 
I was about to throw my beer against the wall. <laughs> my number one beer gun. There it is. <laughs> it's like LeBron. The fuck? I got you. I got you. you honestly had me on the ropes. I was like, shit, you've got to be fucking kidding. The worst. Uh, no, I went to Aaron Judge's debut in 2017. So I got a home run in his first bat. I tweeted, Aaron Judge will be the future of the New York Yankees. And I was 100% right. That is an absolute fucking stud. Yep. And he is, he is better than your number one. I'll argue any Mets fan to death by that. Get the fuck out of my face with your number one's better than my number one's. You don't know who my number one is. Aaron, huh? You don't know who my number one is. No way. (laughs) It's not Polar Bear? Nope. Oh, no. I, alright, I'll be honest. I was going to... You had the flying squirrel above Polar Bear? I was going to put Polar Bear on. I don't know why I didn't. I'm not going to lie. I like Jeff McNeil's energy. I'm not denying Polar Bear is up there. If I didn't put you at number 10, I would probably have rearranged it so Polar Bear was like 5. But I was like, I need to put Mike... on. I need to put Mike on this list. I appreciate that I'm better than Polar Bear. Yes. Um, but a lot of, a lot of Mets fans will tell you Cindergaard's my favorite, DeGrom's my favorite, Polar Bear's my favorite, maybe Edwin Diaz, if he could get his shit together, would be my favorite closer. No. My favorite number one player is Brandon Nimmo. Yeah, okay. Matt, why is your... Yeah, see, that's your problem. I like Brandon Nemo because he's a wholesome guy. His smile lights up a room. Uh, he all he does is make wholesome posts. Um, he's he was apparently he was he was a first round pick, yes. and by no means is he a stud. He's from Wyoming. Yes, he is a good a good player, not great. Not bad. He's good. Uh, He is the only, like, person I've gotten... Oh, no. Well, okay, that's wrong. I went to the Mets spring training at the Dome. And while I got a bunch of autographs, I got one from Robinson Cano, the Buffalo Soldier Wilson Ramos. Um, But I got one from Brandon Nimmo. And I have the video, I recorded myself getting the autograph, and you can hear me shaking after he signed it. I look back at the guy who's behind me, and I said, I almost shit my pants. I almost dropped the card after he signed it, so it would have gone down a grape. But uh, he signed it to Matthew, my number one fan, Brandon Nimmo. And I put it in a sleeve. And it's just cooking in my room because it is my favorite possession I own. Maybe. No. No, I was a fan of his before that. Well, even more 
Minnesota. Yes, even more so. Because he was, well, he was in the batting cages right in front of me. And, like, the players would go in, they'd bat, and then they'd walk out towards everyone. And Pete Alonzo walked out, and there was no fucking chance. There was, like, a group of, I don't know, 50 people to my right, maybe down, like, 10 seats. And they went berserk, and he just looked at them, and he's like, Haha, okay. And he went, that's the only section he visited. He went back there three times. And, uh, Nimmo came out, and I screamed Mr. Nimmo at the top of my lungs. Mr. Yeah, I was, because the dude behind me, I'd been talking with him, and he's like, yeah, man, I just go to all these, and, like, I have a ton of autographs, because me and my dad used to do it. This dude's, like, 55. Because he's been doing this for years, so he knows what to do. And I'm like, I want his autograph. And he's like, I can get that for you. So, I screamed and he screamed. And it also helped that there was like a three-year-old next to me. Um, but, what made the experience special is that he went to me before the fucking three-year-old. Do you know what it takes for an MLB player to skip the little kid looking at him with puppy dog eyes with a ball in his hand? And some grimy college students like, holy shit, sign my cards. <laughs> Please sign my things. That's pretty much what it amounted to. Uh, and then, like, he was signing it, and the 55-year-old dude behind me is like, he's your number one fan. So he just looked up and signed number one fan, and I almost cried. So that is that is my number one favorite athlete, is Brandon Nimmo of the New York Mets. I only uh, have touching my stories. Still stands. My number one Chicago Junior number one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just Josh, Josh, But you gotta admit, so I imagine seeing Judge's first home run, his first at bat, is out of this world. I'm not denying that. It's got to be the craziest fucking thing you've seen. But tell me when we went well, to. I haven't, I haven't met any of the people. I have my list viewing. No, right, but. Hear me out. Tell me that when we went to that Mets-Cardinals game, listening to Pete Alonzo shoot a shotgun at that ball 450 feet into the third deck wasn't bananas. Oh, that's fucking crazy. And I was hammered. You were a lot of Coors Light tall boys deep. Oh, it was Bud Light, but yes. Oh, I was drinking the Coors. You were doing Bud Light. That's yeah, right. That's right. I don't knock you for it. It's not for everyone. So, not everyone can ride the silver bullet. It's that simple. I'd have been dead at that game. Um, but, well, that caps off our top ten list of athletes. That was, I liked that one. That was a good top ten list. We'll have to do another one next week. I'll look through our list that we've made before and we'll do it. That like controversial between us, or controversial between the world. We'll see. We'll talk something. All right. Some sort of spicy. Um. Oh. Okay. I got one. I found one on our list. Yeah. Top ten restaurants. Oh. That one's controversial. If you wanted to do actual controversy, we'd do top ten legislations passed in the past X amount of years. No. <laughs> but I assume that's not the controversial you're looking for. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> debate why Roe v. Wade shouldn't have been passed. Debate the abortion laws. Um, no, we're not going to do that. Cause no, never. Nobody cares. We're not political. I have better things to do with my time. Exactly. Like, just, like decide what restaurant's my favorite. Then I have better things to do than to argue what someone else should or shouldn't be able to do. Yes. That's as, that's as political as I'll get right there. Hey, that sounds like me. Nice. I once had someone try to like push their political beliefs on me and like try to bait me into an argument. Like um, someone's uh, dad. Uh, not my dad. No, we. I think. No, I think we're the same person. Where like just whatever. We have our own ideas. Whatever. Uh, no, it was someone else's, and they were, like, trying to bait me into an argument, and I was like, why does it matter? Like, am I going to dismember you in this argument? Probably. But, I'm gonna take the high road here, because I literally don't care, and I will see you later. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, the, the arguments just aren't worth my time. You're not gonna change my opinion. Whatever. Uh, anywho, Mike, it's time for Sexy TV. It is. Oh, I watched Jarhead last night. What's that? Is that a movie? Yeah. War movie. War movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. From like 2007. Danny How was it? It was good. What, what was it on? Netflix? Yeah. I think I saw that a while ago. I might give it a watch. Oh, well, first, first. Okay, so we're going to do the same as last week. Before Sexy TV, we got to talk about Ozark. And I'm, I'm watching... Did you finish season two? Yes, yes. I fin- so I watch a season a week. So next week I'll finish season three and we can wrap it up uh, at the end of next week. But um, I haven't watched it in a while. Like, I finished yeah. it early this week. Um, season two was... Uh, it was good. Like, it was... I think it had a lot more, like, wow moments than the season, season one. one. Yeah. Like, because now they can just do crazy shit. They've established everything after season one, and they're like, alright, we made great fucking TV season one. Now we've got all these characters, and you know them. Shit's gonna go down. I'm like, what? Who? Why? And somehow... I didn't expect any of it. The only part I expected was the person that kidnaps uh, Wendy to be Mason, the pastor. I didn't know why, but I just knew it would be him because he was just so, like, left alone in the whole season. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, when you would talk to me about, when I was talking, uh, I think it was last week's pod, when I was talking about season one, you're like, his arc gets crazy, and I'm like, what happens, does he, like, become a main character? I never could have seen that coming. Yeah, like, this has just been blindside after blindside. Like, again, spoilers, everyone, if you didn't listen to last week's cast, there's spoilers coming up, if you don't care... Keep listening. Um, I had to do that obligatory so we don't get yelled at by 
whoever the fuck cares. Um, but uh, when I couldn't have seen him kidnapping her, and I couldn't have seen Marty killing him, like that, yeah, that was then, insanity. And then the rest of the season where Marty's just completely in, like in a different state of mind because he killed him. It's just fucking perfect TV. Yes. Instead of, instead of just going on like nothing happened, like he was just fucking out of it. And then, let's see, when, uh... The Darlene killing Jacob. When Jacob died, I thought Jacob was actually going to kill Darlene. They had me baited. Mm-hmm. And she made him the coffee, and I was like, like, part of me was like, that's weird that she has the coffee ready. But, Marty had coffee, or, uh, Wendy had... See, Mar- but, see, but they set that up right, because they used to always go on morning walks. I know, but I thought I so thought he was going to kill her. Drink coffee on the walks, and it's nothing out of the ordinary. Yep. And she puts fucking cyanide in it. And she's like, sorry, baby, I had to. And then he gets the flashback to like young Darlene. Then he had the quote with Marty at the diner where he's like, what do you do when... What the fuck, what the fuck does he say? It's like, for, it's just foreshadowing him not being able to, like, be any steps ahead of Darlene. Yep. He's always, like, three steps behind. And then yeah. he says it again, like, right while he's, he's like, dying in her arms on the fucking forest. Yeah, that was... But Darlene's a crazy fucking bitch. She's insane. Jesus. Uh, and then, um, oh, when, uh, fuck, um, Cade died. I didn't see that coming. I saw that one coming. I I don't know if yeah, I'm just I don't too much of a problem for the cartel to leave alone. I don't know if I'm just like dull watching this or if they do such I a great feel job. Like that, though, when I watch it, where I'm like thinking, like moves ahead. Or at least I try to. I'm not pl- see. I'm not playing 4D chess while I'm watching these. That, that those are the shows I like. Like when I watch Dexter and shit. Like. Ready for season three this week, but oh my god! I, I was like the same way with that uh, when I watched Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones was a fun watch. I don't care if it's a bad ending. I don't give a shit whatever anyone says. It's a good show. I like watching it. It's hard to have eight seasons of perfect fucking TV. I like watching like that medieval type shit where it's like medieval and there's dragons and stuff. I'm like, I don't care how good it is. I'm going to fucking watch it, and I'm going to love every second of it. Yeah. Especially when one of your characters is a bastard child, or no, he wasn't a bastard, he's just a midget, Tyrion Lannister. The Imp. The Imp. Come on. Peter Dinklage is a master. He's a great fucking actor. And yes. they're like, hey, you want to be an Imp on this crazy crazy show based off of some medieval books? He gets a bang with a bunch of chicks and Drinking a ton of wine. Yeah. So he's just a drunk. He's a drunk frat guy. He's and like, then he turns into some wise midget for the rest of it. 
oh, just, oh my god, just great character, everything. Back to Ozark. Back to Ozark. Fuck, fuck Agent Petty. I didn't see that coming either, but I wow. I did not see that, that's coming, but... I was shocked. That's, see, when, when Kate, when Kate killed Petty, I knew something was going to happen to Kate. I and guess I should have known that. The whole setup to, like, get Kate to drive out of town on his own by Wendy, and then the cartel to just fucking gun him down was amazing. Yeah, that, that, was that was a complete setup. What a brutal killing, though. It, it, yeah, it wasn't like a, oh, it's Patty, yeah. Yeah, that was brutal. That was rough. And then, the whole part of us knowing that Rachel was bugged, and then they didn't find it out until, like, towards the end of season two, mm-hmm. when they are talking to uh, Marty's family, that was good. Yeah. That's some good TV. And then, and then, dumb bitch Charlotte. No, stop. I want to be emancipated. Go fuck yourself. Like, do you time? realize what you're, what's, what's going on? I mean, I know she has to be the dumb fucking teenager and all this, but that was terrible. That was the one thing I did not like. Well, no, she's, but, she's I not. Mean, you can say your thing. No, no, go I ahead. I was going to say that, um. Jonah's just take down the chin and he's like, Dad, look, I can launder money through this kind of thing and I can mine fucking coins online and make yourself a ton of money. And you're like, oh, calm down. I'm ch- calm down, Jonah. We don't need to get into more trouble. And then Charles over here just like, yeah, I talked to a lawyer. I told her everything. Now we're being such a It's like, oh, thank God, you dumb bitch. I mean, it, it makes sense for their characters because Jonah, yes. Jonah's just like, he's I... So hardy. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, I want to... I want to make my dad proud. And it's just a typical fucking teenage girl being defiant. Yep. Just be like, I'm like this. It, it's very frustrating to watch. Like, when she was like, I want to be a man's fan. I'm like, you stupid fucking idiot. Why do you want to do that? But, at the same time, while that's not what the viewer wants, it's good TV because it makes you not appreciate Charlotte and what she's doing. Right. It's exactly what they want you to do. You're just like, yes. well, that's fucking dumb. Why are it's you like, doing oh, that? Fuck this dumb bitch. She's a dumb cunt. <laughs> yes, feed me. What else? What else? <laughs> what else is she? <laughs> Go. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I I'm ready. To see, next week we'll talk about season three. I haven't even started it yet, but here's a here's a slight spoiler for you. I'm in. Season three starts off with a bang. Yeah. Oh, you told me that. That's all I got. I'm in. I hope that they bang each other. It's just a giant cast orgy starting off with a bang. I don't want no, that. Nobody wants that. Yes, look at that. I did that for the tie-in. All right. Sexy TV. Here we go. Listen to your farts. Um, what? It was a great episode because, first of all, Chris Harrison, Chris, Chris Harrison loves, is, loves people. now, Mike, are you familiar with, like, D&D alignment, like, chaotic, neutral, lawful good, all that? I've heard of that stuff. 
like, if you're chaos, if you're, like, lawful good. It's just like a three-by-three chart. Yes. And, like, if you're lawful good, you do everything by the book and you never wrong anyone. Chaotic evil is, like, I'm going to commit mass murder on this tribe of orcs and uh, also kill this entire town because I can. Uh, So, in that, um, is Chris... Is Chris Harrison chaotic good for going crazy and testing people's relationships or chaotic evil for what he did to Sheridan? You have to pick one. You can't say bits of both. Evil. You can see him in his eyes when he walked in. He's like, <laughs> hey, 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 I got a surprise. And I was like, what? It's like, Now he, free TV money. but they have effectively eliminated the drama. Yeah, there's none left. Well, besides, let's besides uh, dumb bitch, um, Jamie. Oh, what's her name? Oh, um, who's who's girl? Not Bree. I can't, think, I can't think of any names right now. Oh, Natasha. Natasha talking to fucking Julia before the thing. All right, Julia's well, gone, so now it's gone. Well, let's let's walk through the episode. So Chris Chris Harrison, chaotic evil, because he walks into the beginning of the episode and he goes, "You are going to be taking someone else's girl on a date," and everyone's like, "What? Why?" And He's like, just to make sure you know what's you know, yeah, it's good. And you know what happened is some people did the um normal thing that a Okay, a regularly committed couple would do. And if you go out with another guy, you talk about your current relationship and how things go. Like Rudy and Chris. And, oh, there was one other that did it. Um, Ryan and Jamie. Yeah. They did it. Wholesome. They previously smooched, and Jamie's like, I want him to be a friend forever. And it's like, you friend zone the right guy. Good for you because you embrace this thing. Whereas then, Chris... The mastermind that he is. The absolute goon. He's like, yeah, Julia and Brandon, go ahead. And Sheridan's like, Julia is... Yeah, he's like, fuck. But when he's getting interviewed, he's like, I trust her. And it's like, no, you don't, you idiot. We all know you don't. Uh, And then the other two, like the other two, the Bates come back. And then Brandon and Julia are still out, and then Savannah and Sheridan are just freaking out until they come back. Yep. And they have the conversations, and Julia's just like, she she says to Sheridan, I can't do this with you. So Sheridan, without like breaking down or anything, just goes, Alright, I'm out of here. And she's like, What? That's it? It's like, and then he just says what everyone's thinking. He's like, You dumb bitch. You just said you can't do this with me. What am I supposed to say? He was a champion for that. He was like, she's like, I don't know, just stop being mean to me. It's like, yeah, I see. You deserve this. Yeah, it's like, you're such a dumb slut. 
the fact that you dump some great thing you have with a guy because you think something with another guy might work when he's been with another girl, you're fucking stupid. You're stupid and you're shallow. But Natasha just goes, he's a tight man. He's like, that was hilarious. I'm like, thank you, Natasha, because you understand. But how about um, after the dates when Natasha asks the question we all wanted to know but were too afraid to ask to Brandon while Julia's at the table, after Brandon breaks things off with Savannah the night before, who had a breakdown, and then Brandon goes up to Savannah and goes, what can I do to make this better? After he already dumped her. (laughs) What can I do to make this work? This guy simply pulled out the book of no-nos, and he's like, I think I'm going to do all of these, because if I do them all, they're going to work. He didn't look at the list of the fucking boy handbook, and just click check all. No, I think he looked at it, and he's like, two wrongs make a right, correct? And then he goes... He goes out with Julia, and he's like, alright, this is wrong number one. Or, no, he goes out and kisses her, and he's like, alright, this is wrong number one. I'm definitely toast. Goes back, breaks things off with Savannah, he's like, this is wrong number two. I can fix this. And he's like, well, fuck, two wrongs don't make a right. See, he's used to doing that in situations where the two girls he's talking to don't live in the same house, don't have the same group of friends. So this probably works for him outside of it. Which is gross. Yeah. It's a shame. That, 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 coming to a dating show and doing that, that's not his first time. He's leading, like, months of the He probably ruined his outside life. With that, absolutely. To some extent. There's going to be some girl that walks up, You're cute! And she's going to be the one girl that doesn't watch Bachelor shows. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> Look at the first action I've gotten in six months, so let's go. And then Julia... Natasha treats Julia like an absolute child. Love it. I loved the disrespect. That that amount of disrespect, combined with the disrespect of telling Julia right before a performance, I was was rolling in it. I'm like... That was a scumbag move, but Julia absolutely deserved it. Okay, it was such a... Like, would I ever do that? Absolutely fucking not. That is such a shit move to do. But when you deserve yeah, Julia, it, right before you perform, just so you know, um, just so you know, your chemistry Brandon, sucks. Yeah, you're still choice number two because if Brandon said, if Savannah said, I want to do this, I want to go all the way, you would have went home. I like how Julia is so self-centered that she wasn't even bothered by what Natasha said. She was bothered by the timing of it because it would affect her performance. Yeah, you're a narcissistic says, bitch. Like, I can't believe she say that. But I don't believe it, because I trust Brandon. It's like, wh- what reasons do you have to trust Brandon? You are a red flag magnet, both of you. I w- if Julia wasn't such a narcissistic bitch, I might have felt bad for her. Yeah, and guess And guess what took her dumbass out of the competition? Oh, by the way, Julia and Brandon got voted off because... Da-da-da-da! Brandon's a selfish bitch... And made the con- <laughs> made the performance about him. Yeah, that was a quoted solo performance by Brandon. Ironic. Uh, I don't even remember who the uh, who the judges were. I'm not gonna lie. It was two previous Bachelor and Bachelorette people. It was two singers again that I've never heard of. It was one like 
a super like pop star from like the 80s or something. Some dude and then a couple. And oh, it was um Andy Grammer. Yeah, I don't know who the other two are. I know, I know who Andy three. Grammer is. How about when the, um, so, evaluating performances, Matt and Rudy, holy shit, just marry each other already. You killed the game again. They need to stop making yeah, they them, it. they need to stop making them go first, because they just absolutely, they set the bar way too fucking high. Which I is, know, I think they know they do that. Which is good for them, because, well, you're staying. Or they just keep, they just keep pulling the right straw going first. Uh... But how about when that singer, who I can't remember the name of, and I know that my mom is going to come up to me and say, I wanted to scream when you couldn't think of her name, but she's not currently relevant, I guess, so I think we get a pass. Um, when she was like, I wanted to feel uncomfortable in my seat. I wanted you to play her like you play the guitar. Like, I don't think America wants to see that. No, I don't want to see a finger blast a guitar. Could you imagine if Rudy just dropped Trow and Matt inserted the guitar up there? He's like, is this what you meant? And he starts strumming it. It's just, oh, God. Do you really? And then you have to question her, like, do you really want to be that uncomfortable? Because if she was that uncomfortable, you know she would have said it. It would have been a bad thing. She's like, I couldn't sit still. You were making me uncomfortable. Like, why were you naked on stage? Okay, so it's Tony Braxton. That's the top check. Thank you. Tony Braxton. Andy, Andy Grammer. Yep. And Bachelor Nation couple, Rachel Lindsay and Brian Abasolo. Why does she have two first names? I don't know. Two ultimate white girl names, too. And I guess they're not married, or they are married and didn't take each other's name? I think they... I think for might just be a regular couple, not married I Well, I think for bachelor contestants, like the way they know you is by your maiden names. Yeah, that's so weird. Well, of course it's weird. It's reality TV. Nothing's meant to be normal. A woman sat up there and said, "I want you to play her like you play that guitar." It's like, no. It wasn't that weird that she said it, but like, it's still like, why do you need to say that? Right. It's like. It's, There's still self-respecting humans that are just performing music and not banging each other on stage. Right. Like, I don't get how much they need to drag the fucking chemistry into, into it. Like, it's obvious that they have a connection or not. Like, you look at fucking Julian Brandon just standing next to each other singing. It's like, um, I think they said it's like a karaoke performance. Yeah, but like, my problem with it is that she said it, and you know she doesn't want to see it. Like, if she had seen no. it, she would have been like, get the fuck off the stage. Take it to a room. We don't See, need that. Her, her thing was, Matt did not crush the guitar boy. It's, that was her thing. She's like, I want to see you play the guitar like you played her in private. But yeah. he, the, his actual guitar playing was terrible. Yeah, well, it's it's more of a an accent piece for their performance. Does it add a little something? I'll admit, yeah, I'm like, why, wow, he's got a guitar. Yeah, but when you have a guitar solo in your song and you play about a note every three seconds, that's kind of rough. That's a little tough. That's only knock on man. Looks, looks great shirtless. He does. So and Rudy knows it. Yeah. Um, uh, other performances were kind of forgettable. Cr- were uh, really good. Chris and Brie were really good. Chris and Brie were really good this week. 
Yeah, I mean, they all seem like the same as last week. Like, Trevor and Jamie's heard was almost a disaster again. And the rest were super good. And they all sounded great together. I'm so fucking happy they stayed. I'm happy they stayed, but they're gone next week because that's just too if, bad at singing. If she can't get her shit together, and, she's and gone. And you know this is going to be a bigger performance in front of more people. And she's going to freak out more. She might fucking cry on stage, which I'm excited to see. I'm amped. Um, but yeah, it's... Alright, Sheridan. We'll never Tom forget Brandon you. And Julia. We here at Mork and Mott's podcast would love to have Sheridan on. Um, yeah, someone, someone reach out to him. Just as a fella. Just as a guy to talk about. We'll talk about music. We don't have to talk about that dumb bitch that broke your heart. Because frankly, Sheridan, you have all the women lining up out your door because they saw what a nice, genuine guy you are. As soon as 14 son, I bet you Sheridan will be swimming in pain. Sheridan is going to pull. Meanwhile, Brandon will feel like he's still self-quarantining because no woman would want to become... Brandon Brandon will feel like he's still deployed. I like how he, like, brings up, like, his deployment every now and then just to remind you that you can call me a dick, but I served our country, and I'm like, fuck, you got me. You can still be a dick if you served the country. I don't give a shit. Thank you... Thank you, Brandon, for serving our country, but for the love of Christ, treat women with more respect. Um, if you want my respect, which it doesn't matter, so he's going to still be a dick to everyone because my respect doesn't matter to him. Yes. Um, on to... Uh, the sexiest se- of TV. On to the sexiest of TV. Uh... Mike, my, I gotta ask. I have to ask first question of the day about Too Hot to Handle. Have you looked at your Yoni recently? I looked this morning. <laughs> with my mirror. <laughs> and I respected myself. And I explored the cavities. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, I, I love my Yoni. <laughs> But in the same, like, we weren't women, we were just ourselves. And (laughs) this woman's like, squat over this mirror and see what you see. Look at your nasty, nasty (laughs) And I'm like, holy shit, it looks like the beach is at Normandy. Why did you make me do this? It looks like where the wild things are. (laughs) It's like an Amazon rainforest. But just. I mean, I told you. I, it looks like you'd be high of a UV first. <laughs> a lot of hair and then a giant nose. Yeah. 
Um, but it, that was one of the things where, I mean, I told you, I'm like, in Ozark, I could watch Marty get his toenails ripped out, and I was like, oh, that's pretty crazy. But as soon as these women just squat over a mirror, I was so uncomfortable, I almost had to shut the show off. <laughs> and I was still fucking reeling from asking you how your yoni was. I I'm unwell. I've, I've devolved to a point of uh, Jamie's mental breakdown where she can't form words. Uh, but what what else happened in that episode? The well, okay. So they inspected their yonis, and you they heard you heard the women describe how their yonis look, and then they had to uh, then they had to draw us, them. It's revealed to us that Rhonda has a baby. Yes, Rhonda has a baby. Nope. What happened and before that, though? What What took um, place before uh, the women? The women's thing. Um, Francesca gave uh, <gasps> Harry sloppy toppy under the covers. No, you know what? Ha- you know what? You know what happened before that? Corey got to go on a date. Oh, Francesca. Yes, but. He- we thought that he was digging Chloe. Come to find out that Corey's a giant dick that leads women on uh, and doesn't tell them exactly how he feels. His, his perspective. His perspective was um, Francesca thinks I'm hot because of the conversation they had at the pool. And she's the hottest one here. So I'm going to ask her and try to beg her right Alright, I redact my statement. Well, that, that's his thing. And, um, there's a scumbag who not to ask Chloe. Yes. That was, I don't think it was, like, purposely leading Chloe on, because he doesn't have the mental capacity to actually do that. You're right. I don't think he knows what he's saying until after he says it, and even then someone has to tell him what he said. No, he's just a geezer with banter. Yeah, just another geezer with banter. Come on. But, uh, yeah, then Francesca turns him down, and I was like, wow. No, you're... Well, no, they they went on they went on the date, but she turned him down. Yeah, and then he's like, "Should we go do something? Should we, should we spend some money?" And she's like, mm, "No." You you want to put me knob in your gob? <laughs> no. I'm gonna make Chloe hashtag Chloe. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Um, but yeah, that happened before. I knew something happened before. Squatting over a mirror. Um, that was it. It was crazy. That was nutty. Um, then all the women looked at themselves, and then David was like, well, she looked at herself, so I want to try and look at that. And made a move with Lydia. The LMA ring girl. Yeah. Um, good for them. Spends 3K, but they make the connection. Good for him for waiting so long to spend 3k. Yeah. That man showed a lot of growth. Hence why he's my hero on that show. And then that was pretty much it for just, I all I can remember is episode 7. Epi- like, like Those episodes like, genuinely blended together. But not a lot happened. Yeah. Besides some more money spending. Yeah, I mean, and then, uh, yeah, she gave him slot. Because, because, like, Kells, Nicole, Madison... Bryce and Chloe after Corey 
did or dirty, or they called the admiral pretty much just like, we're just going to finish this out, like, there's no one here for us. So, like, there's not a whole lot to really keep up on that. And, like, the only two couples we actually have are Rhonda and Sharon, Sharonda. Yep. And then Frank and Harry. <laughs> Frank and Harry. And I'm not going to count David and Lydia because at the very end, they weren't even, like, sitting together. And they, like, get called up together. And she was, like, she was very curiously near Bryce, Bryce a lot. Yeah. Which, Made me sad. I don't want to think about it. Hey, just know that David maybe found out that Lydia's not the right one. He's waiting for the right one. Good for him. I'm proud of you, David. You know hey. what? Anyone who knows David, reach out to him. We'd like to have him on the pod, too. Yeah, you gotta have connections in the UK, though, because that's where he's from. I am gonna look him up on Instagram. Yeah, I'm like, we love you, David. I'm going to. I'm gonna be like, David. Kevin! We love you! <laughs> we love you, oh, Kevin! Kevin. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna DM him and be like, Hey, we're two losers in the U.S. who don't have neat accents, and we watch you on Too Out to Handle. We're not trying to get any of this, but do you want to talk to us? They'd be like, yeah, man. I have so much respect for myself that I'll talk to you. I'd be like, okay. That's cool. I just want to spread my positive message from Rama. <laughs> uh, and then uh, episode eight, um, they decide that uh, Harry and Frank have spent too much money, so they give them a chance to earn it all back. And it was like thirty-two grand, and all they had to do was stay in a room, like the private suite, and not touch each other at all. And Harry decides I'm gonna get naked and get in the tub because that's great for um not seeing each other. It shows white bodies. And then Frank comes in without her top and her massive knockers, looking at him, and she's like, "Keep saying, are you going in there with your titties out?" Right now. And then Frank goes, my titties aren't oot, because she's Canadian. She is Canadian. I'll, I'm Canadian if she's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that's how that phrase works, but I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you like ponies, I like ponies. <laughs> I'm Let's have it out and see. <laughs> Let's have it out and see where we end up, bud. But long story short, the ending sucks a little bit, and then they don't touch, and they want all the money back. Kels is finally happy. Kels is happy. But that Sean meets Sean meets Rhonda's child over Facetime. I like how that was their big gauge. It's like, I don't think Sharon needs his approval in person. I think a FaceTime call where my kid's going to be inherently shy and they can't break the shyness. That's the, the real test. shitter. Yeah, her kid's being a shitter. She was like, say hi to Sharon. He's like, hi. And the kid's just like, fuck you. He's like, please, kid's like, please get out, my mama. And it's like, the kid's too. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. No. It's like, do you think that two-year-old child is a good judge of character? No. Maybe if he was, like, he six? He his fucking applesauce and his Capri Sun and he's ready to get the fuck out of his face. Yes. Put on... 
put on some Yo Gabba Gabba, let the kid live his life, don't talk to him, put him down for a nap, change his diaper, he's fine. Nobody wants to see some hulking mass show up. Hey, buddy, just, bah, bye. <laughs> please leave me, please leave my mom alone. Another funny part that I thought was amazing was right after uh, Lana revealed to the whole group that Jerry and Frank completed their challenge on all the money back, they got the green light. Yeah. They just had to make out in front of everyone, and everyone was cheering. I was like, wow, you guys really kind of haven't changed. No. Like, yeah, sad talkers. Well, that's well, same night we were at the bar and you were a marionette. Do you remember cheering for that one kid that started making out with that one girl that was on the bus with us and we just started chanting for him because his friends wanted us to? It was uh, one of... Was it on the way home? No, it was on the way there. It was one of Ryan's girl's friends. And she ended up making out with that dude who just, uh, he's cancer-free. He found out that day. I think his name oh, was Brett. Yeah, at the bar. And well, his, I, I, all I remember is chanting because he was cancer-free. I don't remember him making out with people. Oh, well, so we chanted that he was cancer-free, and then since we knew his name, and his friends knew we knew his name, we started chanting at him for making out with that girl. Ah. Yeah. It was a similar scenario, I guess. Well, that's Mary that Mike, not, you know. I'm changing. Not Lana Mike. I'm, I'm before Mike. You just cursed your name and my phone to become Marionette Mike. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to put that in the description of this podcast. <laughs> Ma and Marionette Mike. <laughs> What a mistake it was. Who I forgot who it was that got me to Jaegerbaum, but what a mistake they made. I think no, it was I you. Bought, I bought him as soon as I walked in. No, it wasn't whoever got me the first one. Ever? It was you. Yeah, I told that like I used to do straight Jaeger. It was you because we went and had a Oh I remember what it was. We went to the bar and Joe discount Joe Rogan was there with his question mark girlfriend. Yeah. And he bought us Jaeger bombs for literally no reason. Well, no, no, no. The reason was we were outside and then the one lady was talking to us trying to get us one of us to hook up with her 30-year-old friend. Who was and gross. And then I'm like, she's like, why don't you come do drinks with us? And we're down to, I said, we're in. If you get us all Jaeger bombs. And then she's like, sure. And then we walked over to the actual bar on the outside patio. And we were just standing there like waiting for them to buy it. She's like, don't worry, I know I know the I know the bartender. And she, I'm like, okay. And then we're just waiting and waiting. It's like, I'm not fucking buying them. You said you're buying them. And then we finally got your box from Joe Rogan. And I did mine. And then Joe Rogan didn't do his, and then he made me do his, and I almost puked everywhere. Yeah, you had to stand there and, <laughs> if I, Mike, you okay? If I move, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> I, was, I was past man at Mike level. You were end. You were Finn. I was unwell. Was that the, I, that was the, 
That was the same night that Gary was there, and he went and got a hot yub from Fast Track. Yeah, I uh, I recovered quickly, but I was in a rough spot. Because after I stood still for like 10 minutes, and I could move again, I slowly wandered to the bathroom, and I guess I had to puke. And then I had to piss in the urinal while trying not to puke. A champion. That was fun. Um, I think I dry heat once or twice in the sink. Yeah, whatever. You gotta do what you gotta do. Um, so, I don't know, I guess back to Too Hot to Handle. Yeah, back to sex. Um, the ending sucked. I I mean, okay, it sucked that everyone had to split the money. They should have picked a winner who got it all. But But it's not the point of the show. It's not the point of the show. The the show was for everyone to grow from the retreat. So they all evenly split the money because they made it to the end of the retreat and they all made progress. Right, and, and I, it didn't I, I appreciate they that. Couples or not, because the dating show and the odds that your special someone was in that island retreat with you is slim to none. Yep. And I would doubt if those couples, because I think Sharon and Rhonda have something. Frank and Harry are just, they're just banking. So I, I can spoil it now because I read the where they are now. When I was looking up what stupid well, bitch Haley was I, I doing. I checked Frank's uh, Insta last night, and I saw that she's now living with Harry and Callie. So. Mm-hmm. That one worked, and guess what? As far as I read on the website, Sharonda ended. <gasps> and Rhonda's talking to her ex again. <laughs> oh. It's like, wow. You haven't changed. Nope. You're the same fucking person. Uh... I guess it's easy to quote-unquote change when you're in an isolated environment with just those people. Yeah. And you can win money by being quote-unquote reformed. Yeah. Like, Kells and all them, I wouldn't know if he's slamming fucking hookers in Amsterdam right now in the red light district. He absolutely is. Because he just made all that fucking money and now he can pay for them. Bryce sold his boat and he's not bringing chicks back to his boat and playing them shitty songs. That's all he can afford is that boat. Um, international waters. Yeah, there's no rules there. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything else to say about. Well, we have to watch a reunion show for next week. We don't have to talk about it, but we can just watch it. Um, it's forty. It's like forty-two minutes. So, um, that's all I got for sexy TV. I don't. I don't have anything else. It's not even. Whatever. Um, we do, uh, I don't know when, I dropped the fucking ball this weekend because, well, we discovered Chell online, and, uh, well, I just didn't have the motivation to make it, but the grad cast will be coming sometime in the next week before our next episode, um, which is just... Just do a lot of work. Well, yeah. You don't have any distractions. There you go. That's an idea. I might do that. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know what else to say for this episode. Um, should, should I give the home stretch speech again? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to need it for when we inevitably go right back onto Chell after this uh, before I eat dinner. And then I need some motivation, so I need this too. Talk for a little bit. I gotta find some something real quick. 
All right. Types of people. I oh god. Give it ad read. Uh, an ad read. This oh Jesus. Uh, I was afraid you'd say that. This ad read is brought to you by Walls. Walls. They keep your home up, but did you know they also protect you from blowing rain that's going sideways? Uh, here at Walls Corp, we like to erect our walls to be firm and sturdy and protect you from the elements, but also keep you warm inside of these walls. And don't uh, forget our partner, roofs and ceilings. Roofs and ceilings, we go on top of your walls to keep you warm and safe from the elements. Can you, can you hear the music? Uh, kind of, sort of, not really. I can't even hear it. Can you hear it? Uh, I don't know. We'll say yes. Okay. Alright. Let's do me a favor. Yeah. Uh, play some motivational music to the mic while I um, speech. Let me figure this out. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Um, yeah, I don't know what it what does. Word. Those are ladies. Kiss my yoni. <laughs> well, I need to take out some rips to do that. Oh. Um. Well, to all our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Uh. One last Mother's Day shout out. Happy Mother's Day to all. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And remember, you came out of your mom's yoni. <laughs> On that note, we'll talk to you all next week. <laughs> Jesus.